How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with Mr. David Novak himself. David, how's it going today? Uh, it's going fantastic, Kula. Looking forward to this episode. Awesome. Well, today we're discussing your conversation with Chris Kimchinsky, president and CEO of McDonald's. Now, David, I understand that in your career at Young Brands, you actually did some secret shopping on McDonald's and their processes. Is that right? Well, we always looked at all of our competitors and we go in and check them out and see what they were doing. And, you know, obviously McDonald's is one of the, the great competitors in the quick service restaurant industry and a tremendous leader with a tremendous history. So we, we always paid a lot of attention to what they were doing. And then we would ask ourselves if they're successful doing this or that, how could we potentially do the same things at Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC? So, then, you know, we learned a lot by spending some time uh, at McDonald's and, and frankly, a lot of other competitors as well. Well, McDonald's is one of my favorite quick service restaurants on the planet. Best fries, I think, but that's up for debate. And I'm excited to dive into your conversation with Chris and get a little bit more of your insight on some of the topics that y'all chatted about in that episode. Are you ready for today's three more questions? I am, but I got to say that I actually like Taco Bell's nacho fries even better than McDonald's hey. fries. So I don't really want to surprise you there. So, <laughs> But but I, I still love those McDonald's fries, but nacho fries at Taco Bell are really good. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, McDonald's has probably uh, taken a few lessons from Taco Bell every now and then as well. Oh, there's no doubt. If McDonald's ever released a nacho fry, I don't know if it could top Taco Bell's. That is for sure. Well, they would never introduce a nacho fry because, <laughs> you know, they're not Mexican and they don't have that uh, kind of heritage. They're the they're the all-American McDonald's brand. They don't have the, the cachet of being uh, in the Mexican food category. Although, you know, they do have their burritos and things like that, but it's pretty Americanized. It is. Well, we'll actually get into that concept of core menu in today's questions. Are you ready for it? Let's go. All right. Question number one. In your interview with Chris, you ask him what he's working on in terms of culture building in his company. And he said one of the things he's trying to do is to get the company more comfortable with risk. David, how would you tackle that as a leader? Well, I think if you want to have people take risks, you have to find ways to let them know that you think it's really important and that you value it. And in my mind, that means anytime someone would take a risk in terms of making something happen that could change the course of a business, you recognize the heck out of them. In fact, you know, I would look not only to recognize them just with the attaboy or girl, but I'd also look for ways to let everybody know that if you take risks and you perform well, we're going to recognize you through our compensation programs as well. So I think that's one way to do it. The other thing you have to do is, is create a safe haven for people. You have to say, hey, look, we want you to take risk, and it's okay if they don't work out. The main thing, though, is that we want you to be really smart about the risks that you're taking and, and give it a shot. And there I would recognize people who took a risk and it didn't work out. And then that would say to everybody, it's okay to take the risk. But the bottom line is, is recognition is really the key. You know, if you use recognition, whatever you recognize, people will do more of. So recognize people take risks, recognize people who take risks that are successful, recognize people who take risks that aren't successful, and create that environment where this is something we just do at whatever company you happen to be. 
Gosh, that's so important, the piece about creating a safe haven. Because I think one of the reasons, you know, at least in my experience, that I'm somewhat risk averse is because I'm afraid of failing and afraid that the risk I take won't result in reward. So I think that while it's important, of course, to recognize people who take risks and get rewarded for them, it's also important to recognize people who take risks and maybe don't get the result that they originally had hoped for. Right. And I think that's where the leader needs to use the bully pulpit. You know, you have a lot of times where you can communicate to your team, either through uh, global Zoom calls or, or team Zoom calls, or you have speeches that you make. When, if you want risk to happen, you know, talk about the risks that are being taken in your company or on your team that, that have been successful and give the people that have done that accolades. And then also talk about the people who had the courage to take risks and it didn't work out, but hey, they picked themselves up and now they're off doing other things. So I, I think that's really important that as a leader, you do everything you can within your realm to really reinforce the importance of taking risk if that's something you want to have happen. All right. Question number two. One thing McDonald's does really well is that they focus on their core menu. Their core menu being Big Macs, Quarter Pounders, Fries, McFlurries, and McNuggets of which I have had probably thousands at this point in my life. David, I'm curious, what is the power of deciding on your core menu? And how would you advise other leaders to find their version of a core menu, even if they're not in the quick service restaurant industry? Well, the core menu is basically what you sell the most of and what you make the most money on. It's the lifeblood of your business. If you lose your core, you lose your business. Now, the core menu comes from the most important user of all, which is the heavy user. Every business has a heavy user, and, and that business really generates the most sales, the most profits, and is absolutely critical to your success. So I think it's really important for every business to understand what their major products are and who uses them the most. You know, it's very interesting when you listen to Chris, he talked about how they really had a lot more success when they started really targeting McDonald's lovers versus the haters, the ones that were, you know, kind of bitching about McDonald's not having this or that. And what they realized is that it's a lot easier to get your heavy user to buy more of you than to get some non-user to use you for the first time or a light user to use you more frequently. So, you know, go after that heavy user. Make sure you're appealing to them. Make sure you're doing everything you can to, you know, make them happy with your business. It's something that I feel like, is easy to overlook, but it's so important for leaders of any company of any size to not only know who their heavy users are, but pay attention to what those heavy users are actually buying and using. Yeah, i give you a good example of this. You know, KFC for years kind of had a real issue with being in the fried chicken business because the category really wasn't growing. And they felt like they needed to move into more nutritious, non-fried type products and uh, spent a lot of time, effort, and money trying to go after that segment. But it never really worked because the people who wanted to go eat healthier, they're going to go eat at a different place than KFC. Because frankly, that's not what the brand stands for. The brand stands for indulgent, great tasting, fun to eat foods that you can gather around and with the family or for a picnic and, and enjoy. And so what KFC has done quite successfully the, the past few years is really get back to their core 
brand identity, which is delicious, great tasting food, second, selling the heck out of fried chicken in every form that you can sell it in, from sandwiches to chicken on the bone, to nuggets, to putting fried chicken in bowls that are absolutely indulgent. And their business has really prospered because of it. Yeah, I can imagine when people hear stick to your core menu, they might think, oh, well, that doesn't leave any room for innovation. But that's actually not true. You can innovate on your core products while still remaining true to your brand. Absolutely. Innovating on the core is, I think, always the big idea. And you got to make that your first priority. Now, now, sometimes, though, you really need to make a huge departure and, you know, where you really can bring in a major new segment for your business. You know, for example, at, at Taco Bell, that wasn't necessarily coming up with a different burrito. That was coming up with different kind of burritos that we could sell at breakfast and actually move into the breakfast day part or coming up with products that were actually great for late night, uh, where we had the, the fourth meal concept. So the key, though, is, is that when Taco Bell had its biggest success is when it innovated around its core, which is tacos. Remember Doritos Locos Tacos with Cool Ranch flavor and nacho cheese flavor? That's innovating around the core and getting back to what you're really known for. And that's been enormously successful at Taco Bell. Well, let me just say before we move on to question three that I personally feel very known talking about these restaurants and these food items because I'm a relatively healthy eater. However, I love a Taco Bell. I love a KFC. I love a Pizza Hut and I freaking love McDonald's. So this feels like my sweet spot, this conversation right now. I should have had you do the podcast with Chris. You know, you, <laughs> you, you would have really loved it. I'm sure he'd have loved it with you as well. All right, question number three. One of the best insights Chris shared in this episode is this. He says, when things go wrong, people need to hear from the leader. Let's actually listen to this clip from Chris and then David, I'll ask you a question after we hear it. I think one thing is when things go wrong, I think people need to hear from the leader. So to me, it's much more important that a leader steps forward when things are going wrong than when things are going right. When things are going right, you want the other people on your team to be the ones that are stepping forward and celebrating them, which when things are going wrong, that I think that that's when people need to hear first from the leader, and then you might bring other people in. And so for me, when there are things that happen in our restaurants that either we're not proud of, mistakes can get made, sometimes things don't happen as we want. It depends, obviously, on the magnitude, but certainly if it's of sufficient magnitude, people need to hear from me on those topics. And because what happens in the world happens at McDonald's, what I also remind our teams about all the time is you're probably not the first one who's gone through whatever that situation is. Most likely, there's somebody else in the world who has already encountered exactly what you're experiencing in your restaurant. It's probably already happened somewhere else. So how do I help connect you with whoever's had that experience so that you can learn from them and then kind of move on from that? So that's the other thing for me is how do we get into connecting people to the right resources because the more that we can support each other and learn from what's already happened, the better off we're going to be. David, what advice can you give leaders about what to say to their people when something goes wrong? Well, when things go wrong, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge it. You know, a lot of times leaders put their head in the sand and try to pretend like it really hasn't happened. That only gets you in trouble because everybody in the world knows it's happened. And then you get really criticized for not really addressing it. So the first thing you got to do is say, hey, guess what? We made a mistake. We were wrong. Now, 
That's not enough. You have to move beyond saying you made a mistake. You have to be accountable for it. You have to say, hey, this basically happened on my dime and we got to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So what are we going to do? You lay out your plan so that it never happens again. And, you know, that kind of communication is really critical. So number one, acknowledge it. Two, be accountable for it. Three, lay out the plan to make sure that uh, it never happens again. That works. That's so right, David. And, you know, sometimes when things go wrong in your business, it's not always a mistake that you yourself have made. But I think that framework is helpful regardless of what mistake was made or what went wrong in your business. You know, crises happen. And so I think if you are the leader and you are, you have the privilege of shepherding a group of people, always being the first person that they hear from when something goes wrong does so much in terms of building trust and allowing for that trust to continue to grow among your team. If you're a leader of a team and something happens on your team that has gone wrong, then you as the leader need to take accountability for it. Even if it wasn't something that you were spending time on yourself, maybe you should have spent more time on it so the mistake wouldn't have happened. But you got to be accountable. You know, I always thought that every bad thing that ever happened happened on my watch and there was something that I could have done to make sure that it didn't happen. And if I would have done it, we wouldn't have this problem. But I obviously, if the mistake happened, I obviously had not done it. So I would take accountability for all the bad things and all the good things that happened, I would give credit to other people. And I think that's a great combination to have. I think so too. It goes back to that recognition piece you talked about and the answer to your first question. And those two things together will certainly set leaders up to lead well through challenging times. Absolutely. And, you know, this was a very fun podcast for me to, to be able to talk to Chris. You know, in the old days, I would have been battling him one on one as the CEO <laughs> of Young Brands. And, you know, we, KFC is very successful around the world and in Asia. You know, we love taking on McDonald's. In fact, we our brands outperform McDonald's, particularly in, in China, and we took a lot of pride in that. But, you know, that is one great brand. I mean, McDonald's has been around for a long time. They offer good quality, great value, great convenience, and they really established the quick service restaurant category that, you know, was followed up by Colonel Sanders at KFC and Glenn Bell at Taco Bell and, the, you know, the Carney brothers at Pizza Hut. They laid the track and, you know, I am always will be appreciative for, of McDonald's for doing that and those fries that I sneak out and have every now and then. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. The day I listened to this conversation in preparation for this three more questions episode, I had my healthy little dinner and wasn't going to splurge on dessert. And I thought, you know what? I'm about to drive through the McDonald's drive-thru, get myself a double Oreo McFlurry, which is without question the best flavor, and some fries and have myself a nice little dessert. And you know what? I did it. So thank you, David Novak and Chris Kinchemsky for your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm glad to see you're eating well. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. Well, the McDonald's conversation was great with Chris. And next Thursday, we've got a great conversation coming up with Carol Tomei, the CEO of UPS. And let me tell you something. This is a lady that knows how to lead. <laughs>